the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. Brighter than a lucky penny when you're near the rain goes disappears. Good morning, and welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here, we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans. Plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated. We're Securities and Investment Advisory Services are offered to Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic. Cornerstone Consultant is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Good morning. Well, the weatherman said the sun was supposed to shine this weekend, uh, and it is shining brightly. And of course, I can't complain about yesterday's rain. We had such perfect days to enjoy last week. And here we are, the week before Thanksgiving. You know, how can it be here? How can it be here so soon? Well, you know, we're ready for Thursday or whatever day you celebrate Thanksgiving on. It will be great to get together with a family or friends and catch up on basically what's happening. Uh, How are they? How are the kids, the grandkids? Who's working? Who isn't working? Uh, where are the kids in school? You know, who's graduating? Hopefully, things are going well. But in reality, we should be thankful every day for all that God has given us and our families. Each of us, in a special way, is truly blessed and never take a, a day for granted. So, in order to observe Thanksgiving, let's do the following. Count your blessings instead of your crosses. 
Count your gains instead of your losses. Count your joys instead of your woes. Count your friends instead of your foes. Count your smiles instead of your tears. Count your courage of your fears. Count your full years instead of your lean. Count your kind deeds instead of your mean. Count your health instead of your wealth. And count on God instead of yourself. And never let things that you want make you forget the things that you have. These are words to live by all year long. And since next weekend will be a long weekend after Thanksgiving, maybe we can find some time basically to review our finances. This week was another up week for global equities. This was the third consecutive up week for the three major stock indices, the Dow Jones, Industrial Average, the Standard and Poor 500, the NASDAQ Composite. The big news was the continuing downward trajectory of inflation, as reported by the Department of Labor. You know, some takeaways from the uh, October CPI, the Consumer Price Index report that was released Tuesday. Uh, Consumer prices uh, rose at a slower than expected pace across the board. Uh, The Consumer Price Index was flat from the prior month and up only 3.2% from the prior year. On the Looking at the core basis where we neglect food and fuel, uh, prices were up two-tenths of 1% uh, for the month of October and up 4% from a year ago. And there was more good news in what they call the super core, which is a measure that the Federal Reserve closely tracks that includes uh, core price services minus housing. That gauge rose at about one-third the pace of September, and this was the slowest pace since uh, July and the biggest monthly deceleration since October last year. On an annual basis, it was the weakest increase since December of 2021. Even though core services remain hot, with shelter contributing the most to the CPI readings, food also boosted the monthly readings. Energy uh, costs went down, went negative after two months of uh, big gains. And that reflects a drop in oil prices. Also, used vehicle prices also fell. The report marked an important milestone for the Fed in his fight against inflation, with welcome easing across categories, uh, policymakers will be looking to see more slowing in the service category as their rate hikes weigh on demand. And in addition to that, you'll also uh, there's a lot of uh, in the service industries. There's a lot of pent up demand from the uh, pandemic. Uh, people were locked in their houses. Now they're out enjoying uh, sports teams and and suppers and vacations and everything else. And that that'll slow down as people get their uh, make up for lost time. Uh, stocks soared after the report with a standard of poor futures up 1.3 percent as the market took the cooler than expected. Uh, reading says a sign that the Fed can take the rate hikes off the table for December. 
uh, Treasury yields plunged with the two-year yields down 20 basis point and 10-year uh, Treasury yields down 18 points. So, and we'll talk about the details of that later in the show. In addition to the consumer price index, uh, uh, that going down, the producer uh, price index or factory gate inflation measurement also nose down. If I take a look at uh, in October, uh, the month-to-month variation in the producer price index uh, from September to October was down uh, five-tenths of a percent, whereas the year increase in the producer price index for October was up 1.3%. That's versus what it was in September. In September, it was 2.2%. So the numbers are going down. They uh, And they also, if you take a look at the import prices, uh, just comparing uh, September to October import prices uh, in September, uh, import prices rose four-tenths of one percent. In October, they decreased eight-tenths of one percent. And if you take a look at it from a year-over-year viewpoint, uh, in September, uh, prices went down one and a half percent from a year earlier. And in October, they went down two percent uh, from a year earlier. And uh, this week on the... Uh, global stage, uh, Wednesday's meeting between President Biden and President Xi in San Francisco, uh, they met at the sidelines of the Asia-Pacific uh, Economic uh, uh, Cooperation Summit, officially a, a basically a high-level meeting to establish or stabilize a turbulent relationship uh, where you had all this uh, economic competition and military and diplomatic uh, missteps. Uh, Some of the topics that were discussed were, you know, restoring top-level military exchanges, uh, working uh, groups on narcotics, particularly this fentanyl supply issue from China, uh, reaching some sort of an understanding on artificial intelligence so we can stay out of each other's hair, uh, and also increasing air travel uh, next year. The uh, air travel out of uh, China has been uh, been very slow over this past year, but it's apparently uh, some of the things that they talked about. Uh, you know, to get get uh, this competition. We're always going to be in competition with uh, China, but to keep it on a level that. Uh, uh, doesn't get where one country doesn't get carried away here. And uh, last week, uh, the Federal Reserve, not the Federal Reserve, the federal government shut down that was scheduled for Friday, November 17th. It was adverted. Uh, the House and the Senate approved the spending package on Tuesday and Wednesday, and the president signed off on it on Thursday. So now we have a uh, uh, we've averted the uh, shutdown and the spending package keeps government uh, funding at curtain at uh, current levels for roughly uh, two more months, while a long-term package is negotiated. 
it splits the deadlines for passing uh, full-year appropriations bills into two, two dates. One is January 19th for some federal agencies, and the other is February 2nd for others, creating two dates when there'll be a risk of a partial government shutdown. So uh, let's hope they can get it done. It's, it's, a, it's remarkable uh, that one of the biggest problems that the United States has right now in the government spending, where we're spending $6.6 trillion uh, a year, and we're only breaking in $4.7 trillion a year. So we're basically putting close to $2 trillion on the cuff. That's the annual uh, deficit, and that gets added to the $33.5 trillion national debt. So one of the biggest things that Congress and the president should be taking a look at is getting control of the money situation. And uh, uh, here we are trying to uh, control inflation and you know, Congress and the president are spending like drunken sailors. So inflation, basically, I took a look at what's going on. Inflation continues to decrease, and the economy continues to slow, not 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 precipitously. It's slowing down. It's due to the increase in the interest rates, the commerce, the Department of Commerce, in their advanced monthly sales for uh, retail and food services showed that retail sales stalled in, in October at uh, seven, uh, $705 billion, and that's down from $705.7 billion in September, uh, <clears throat> where uh, monthly sales in September had grown uh, nine-tenths of one percent, whereas uh, in uh, October they uh, they were a little bit low. I think they were down one-tenth of a percent, but it was it was basically in the noise level. Figure that uh, <clears throat> the uh, uh, sales in uh, October were about approximately the same as in September. There was no increases. Uh, and another example of a cooling economy was the uh, Federal Reserve uh, basically reported that industrial production fell uh, six-tenths of a percent in October. And that wasn't a big surprise because the Institute of Supply Management, as well as the Standard & Poor uh, Global uh, reporting, uh, uh, they reported on basically manufacturing over the last uh, month or two and Basically, it shows that uh, manufacturing continues to slow down, and uh, and uh, manufacture according to the Institute of Supply Management, manufacturers been in a contraction mode for probably the last several months. So, uh, so manufacturing is slowing down, but it's not uh, slowing down like a recession or anything like that. It's just uh, uh, not expanding. And uh, so the Federal Reserve's in inflation attack uh, plan of raising interest rates, basically to slow the economy and hence reduce demand, 
is working. And uh, uh, at the last meeting of the uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting, the Federal Reserve uh, congratulated itself on uh, uh, a year ago. Uh, the uh, CPI, Consumer Price Index, in June of 2022 was 9.1%. In other words, inflation had increased 9.1% in a 12-month period. And now the latest numbers show that uh, the increase in the CPI over that 12-month period ending in October was only 3.2%. So basically, they congratulate themselves on, and rightfully so, on uh, bringing inflation down from 9.1 to, to basically 3.2. Uh, the economic data basically shows that inflation continues to fall. And, and the economy is slowing, and that trend is expected to continue. From, from what we're seeing for the last three months, uh, you know, the trend is expected to continue with the high interest rates, and the supply chain pressures are continuing to ease. And uh, that's the good news. Inflation is measured by either the consumer price index or uh, moving back uh, up the upstream there at the uh, the producers' price index or the import prices all show a downward trajectory, and the economy is slowing, but it's still healthy. Hopefully, all of this will lead to a soft landing where the economy slows and employment increases a little bit. Uh, right now, the unemployment is uh, uh, unemployment is right now three point nine percent. But uh, let's say, and we continue to slow the economy, there are different estimates of what it could be in the future. UBS, uh, Bank of Switzerland, they uh, they're predicting four point eight. Then uh, Morgan Stanley is talking about four point three, and then the Federal Reserve is talking about uh, unemployment increasing to four point one percent as they approach this uh, magic two percent goal. Um, so inflation, uh, as inflation approaches the two percent, uh, hopefully there'll still be enough tailwind uh, to get the economy growing again. There are other possibilities involving uh, versions uh, of a hard landing involving a recession where, you know, if they keep these interest rates up uh, too high, too long, or they increase them even more, you could have a recession where growth goes negative and the unemployment goes up significantly. But for now... You know, the soft landing uh, continues to be the more probable um, goal, uh, probable end case. But there's a lot of moving parts in the economy and the and the both the economy and the stock and the bond market. So that the best approach is generally a well diversified portfolio of U.S. and global uh, stocks and bonds. Uh, it's a matter of trying to protect yourself as best you can. Uh, 
there was another, this was another positive week for global equities, too, in the U.S. This was the third consecutive week that the three major stock indices, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the Standard and Poor 500, and the NASDAQ Composite, uh, closed up for the week. And uh, while in the U.K., the FTSE 100 was up for the week, and the same was true in the European Union. Uh, with Germany's uh, DAX up for the week, along with the stock Europe uh, 600, it was also up. And in Asia, uh, Japan's Nikkei 225 was up for the week, along with uh, China's Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong's Hang Seng. They were both all were up for the week. So on Friday, the three major <coughs> U.S. Uh, stock indices closed the week at the Dow Jones, closed at 34,947.48. So it was basically up 1.94% for the week. A standard and poor 500, they closed at uh, 4,514.02, and they were up 2.24% for the week. And the NASDAQ uh, closed at 14,000. 125.48, and that was up 2.37% uh, for the week. So basically, all in all, it was a, uh excellent week for the uh, excellent. The past three weeks have been excellent for the uh, uh, stocks as well as the, as well as the bonds in uh, the U.S. Uh, uh, stock market. Uh, you know, when we talk about the the what's going on in the economy, and we talk about what's going on in the in the uh, equities markets and stuff like that, um, you know, that's the big picture. But uh, probably the most not probably the most important part is the your financial plan in terms of where you. Uh, live and where your money is and, and what your goals are and uh, having identified your goals, you know, retirement, uh, depending upon where you are in life, retirement could be one of the biggest ones if you're uh, a senior citizen, but if you're uh, starting out, uh, there's, uh, uh, there's questions about your career, about your education, about your uh, you know, setting up a family and and uh, 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 buying houses and and uh, having a stand and living for a family, things of this nature. Uh, the education of the kids, so all these things are goals uh, that everybody has. In some cases, they're written down. In some cases, they're not written down, but the, the people know what they are, and it's just necessary to kind of elaborate on what those goals are and how you're going to meet those goals. Those goals all have a time uh, associated with them, a schedule associated with them, and uh, uh, be it uh, uh, you, you have an idea of basically when you're going to be uh, into the workforce. You have an idea of when you're going to be established enough to 
start thinking seriously about a family uh, and getting married and things of this nature and starting thinking seriously about the education of the children or uh, if you uh, you might have several moves and, and uh, jobs and careers and moving around the country with different houses and stuff like this. So a lot of those things you could put a price tag on and most of them you could put a schedule on too and say, okay, at a certain point in time, I have to be able to have draw on a certain uh, nest egg uh, in order to be able to achieve this particular goal. Uh, that being the case, then it starts at the very beginning when you say, okay, uh, I have assets. And in a lot of cases, when you're young, those assets are uh, uh, your education, your length of time that you're going to spend in the workforce, things of this nature. Uh they're not in. They're not something you put in the bank, but they're your assets, and you have to uh, say, "I'm going to convert these into hard assets over a period of time by saving uh, the salaries and uh, a certain portion of it, and then having saved them, uh, then uh, having invested the money uh, to make it grow with compounding interest." So uh, that's basically one of the things that we do for our clients in terms of saying, okay, uh, what are the goals and have we forgotten any goals and what is our uh, uh, expected uh, progress in terms of uh, assets, in terms of salary, in terms of uh, growth in the assets, things of this nature. So, uh, and how do we, uh, how do we invest and how do we, uh, make sure that we stay on top of this plan. This plan is basically a roadmap. It can change, and it does change as time goes on, as circumstances change. But it's it's there, and you can utilize it to uh, to gauge what you should be doing. In other words, uh, you look at your financial plan, and you say, well, uh I'd like a boat or I'd like a new house or a vacation home or something like that. Well, uh, how does that fit into the plan? Uh, what do you have to uh, push out of the plan? What do you have to delete from the plan in order to accomplish this? Do you have to give up the kid's education or the braces for the, for the kids or what do you have to do? So, Having a plan in mind and having a, a roadmap that you can follow allows you to go back and say, well, I want this, but can I do it or can't I? And uh, you sit down with a plan and uh, it'll tell you uh, uh, what you can do and what really what you can't do. You can change the plan, but uh, you have to give up something to get something. So the important thing is to to put it on a piece of paper, start to put dates with it, start to put uh, dollars with it, and that's the foundation of your savings plan. And everything starts with basically savings. Uh, if you don't uh, 
uh, have the money to uh, invest. Uh, there's no use dreaming about uh, getting rich in the stock or the bond markets or, or real estate or anything like that. You have to start out with either, either in 99% of the cases, it's the uh, you're working to generate assets to make these plans uh, successful. And they require that you do save. And, and and a lot of times the saving is uh, higher than you think it should be. So when you're taking a look at what's necessary to accomplish uh, the goals that people have, you're probably talking in the order of 15 to, uh, 15% to 20% of the uh, take-home pay has to be saved and, and allocated and and uh, make it work for you to achieve these goals. So this is Jim McAleese. Uh, we got a toll-free number that you can give us a call and talk to you, talk to me about what you want to uh, discuss. Uh, the toll-free number is one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. That's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. So. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. One of the things we first mentioned when we started the show was the uh, Consumer Price Index, and the uh, that kind of has set the stage for any of the activities in the uh, stock and bond market this weekend. So all of us watch prices go up and down, and the ones we notice first are basically food and gasoline because we buy them on a regular basis, and the Department of Labor uh, they keep track of the rising prices with their consumer price index report. It comes out every month. And on Tuesday, uh, they late, released the latest report for October, and the results showed good news and uh, with consumer prices uh, uh, flat in October. So uh, that, uh, and, and also bringing down the 12-month rate uh, for uh Inflation over the last over the previous twelve months 
they brought it down to 3.2% from the 3.7% that they recorded in September. So, and then if we take away food and fuel, um, primarily because uh, uh, food and fuel are basically international commodities and there's nothing the Federal Reserve is going to do one way or the other uh, to control the price of food or fuel. So, uh, if you take those out, what we have is the core inflation. So, one case that I was just mentioning was the uh, headline in inflation number, which includes food and fuel. And then we, then we can talk about core inflation, where we neglect food and fuel. Uh, that only rose two-tenths of one percent uh, from September to October, and and uh, it rose four percent over the uh, uh, year over year. So it basically shows a slowdown in inflation, uh, and the 12-month inflation number for October was basically the lowest number since uh, September of 2021. So headline inflation for the last 12 months uh, was reported to be uh, 3.2% for the period ending in October, and that's down from 3.7% uh, for the period ending in September. And uh, just to review what's happened in the inflation uh, or the CPI numbers. Uh, basically, if we go back in time to where it all started uh, in this episode, that would be in March of 2021, where the red flags went up because uh, uh, they noted that inflation had risen to 3%. So that's in March of 2021. And then by Labor Day of 2021, inflation was up to 5%. And then by Christmas of 2021, it was up to 7%. So uh, partially during this time, the Federal Reserve was of the opinion that it was strictly transitory and it would come down. But uh, uh, by the end of 2021, they realized that that wasn't to be the case, and they for- formulated a plan to raise the interest rates in order to slow the economy down and basically uh, uh, reduce the demand so that there could be a better equilibrium between the uh the uh, supply and the demand and hence reduce the uh, inflation. So that's what they started to do in uh, March of 2022. And uh, uh, from then on, uh, not from then on, uh, the, the inflation continued to increase for a certain period of time. Uh, and uh, it increased in 2022 up to a point of 9.1% in the uh, June of 2022. And basically since then, it's been coming down. And uh, it's been coming down, you know, over the uh, summer, basically the summer and fall of 2022, because when the Federal Reserve started their rate increases, 
they were starting from a very, very low basis. Uh, the uh, overnight uh, interest rates or the federal federal uh, funds rate were at one quarter of a percent. So they would be, they started increasing it at uh, one quarter of a percent at each meeting, and they meet about every six weeks. And then they suddenly got up to a half a percent, and then they got up to three quarters of a percent increase at every meeting. So uh, suddenly, right now, you have the uh, overnight rate or the federal funds rate standing at five and a half percent. So it's gone from a quarter of a percent to five and a half percent, and uh, that is slowing down the economy, and it is slowing down uh, inflation. So. Uh, you know, what we see is that uh, uh, they reported that the, uh, in this report, the latest report for October, the Department of Labor reported that inflation was flat. The headline, inflation was flat for October, and uh, and uh, it was uh, after being up uh, four-tenths of a percent in September and six-tenths of one percent in August, so it's come down dramatically over those three-month period. Uh, the Department of Labor also reported that the core uh, CPI, neglecting food and fuel, uh, uh, rose two-tenths of a percent in October from September after increasing uh, three-tenths of a percent in September from August. So shelter was the largest factor in the monthly increase in the uh, core CPI. Shelter uh, increased three-tenths of a percent in uh, in October from September, and it increased 6.7% uh, over the 12-month period ending in uh, October. So shelter is also the biggest component in the CPI basket of goods and services so shelter is basically, if I take a look at the uh, the, the Department of Labor basket, uh, uh, food is 13.4% uh, of uh, the basket. Uh, energy, that includes uh, uh, gasoline, heating oil, uh, natural gas, electricity, that's 7.2%. And shelter is basically 34.9%. So shelter is a, a big part of that. And uh, it's having a, a reasonably big impact on uh, the uh, consumer price index. So uh, looking below the service, the service uh, consumer price index numbers are now at the highest level since 1982. And uh, what you see is that the service numbers go, are going up and the uh, goods uh, uh, consumer price index numbers are going down. So uh, to me, it's, uh, if we dig deeper into the uh, uh, core inflation or where the effects of food and energy are removed, uh, the index of all items less uh, food and energy goes two-tenths of a percent in October after rising three-tenths of a percent in September. 
the shelter index increased three-tenths of a percent in October after rising six-tenths of a percent the previous month. Uh, the the, the uh, index for rent rose five-tenths of a percent in October, and the index for owners' equivalent rent uh, uh, increased four-tenths of a percent for, for the month. Uh, medical care index rose uh, three-tenths of a percent in October, and uh, the index of used cars and trucks fell eight-tenths of a percent in October after decreasing two-and-a-half percent in September. That's basically what you're seeing there is the uh, automotive companies are getting over their uh, computer chip uh, issues and problems, and uh, um, uh, that's helping out the new car availability. And uh, uh, when the automotive companies ran into their uh, computer issues, uh, there just wasn't any, there weren't any new cars available. So used car prices uh, had increased, and now they're starting to go down because the new cars are available. Uh, the the uh, let's see. So right now, if I compare uh, September to uh, October. And in terms of the CPI, what I'm looking at is the uh, in in the headline CPI numbers uh, from uh, August to September that rose four tenths of a percent, but then from September to October it didn't increase any at all. And if I take a look at over the last twelve months, there's the headline CPI number. Uh, for September was 3.7%, and it was down to 3.2% for uh, October. Definitely a downward trajectory now. And uh, for the core, it was a little bit less. It showed that the month-to-month increase in the core uh, CPI was three-tenths of a percent in September, and that reduced to two-tenths of a percent in October, and the year-over-year decrease from 4.1% in September to 4.0% in uh, October. So, and they go through in the report, and they show exactly um, medical services, how much uh, the the package of the the Department of Labor uh, package is involved with medical services, how much it changed over the last 12 months and how much it changed over the last month. And they go through everything from uh, physician services, hospital services, motor vehicle maintenance, uh, apparel, new vehicles, used vehicles. And uh, it presents a picture that shows that it's inflation is coming down. and coming down gradually, and uh, this is this is gives everybody the hope that we're on the right track and heading for uh, a soft landing. And uh, there's all sorts of predictions and uh, out there in terms of when exactly the uh, Federal Reserve is going to uh, 
begin to lower their interest rates. Um, some some of the uh, you know uh, Goldman Sachs has put out the estimates, and and Morgan Stanley and uh, uh, UBS they all have their estimates. That, and the, the estimates indicate that if the if the Federal Reserve uh, in the months ahead does start to talk about uh, lowering the interest rates, then the uh, events lowering the interest rates should happen in maybe the second quarter of next year, uh, sometime in April or between April and June. But there are other estimates that says it could be even later than that. But they're all guesstimates because, uh, you know, they're all... Uh, Federal Reserve's position is that uh, uh, one or two months, uh, or maybe three months of good inflation data doesn't uh, uh, give them that much confidence to be able to begin to lower the rates. So they're going to keep the rates uh, constant, or perhaps they always put that perhaps, or perhaps increase them if uh, circumstances require it. So uh, the posture is that. They're going to basically keep the uh, the federal funds rate at the high of 5.5% until they decide to lower them. And uh, lowering them will be a function of uh, getting enough confidence that inflation is under control. And also, uh, if there's a hint uh, that there's a recession coming up, they'll start to lower those rates, too, to preclude the recession. So now another thing we take a look at is the producer price index. And the producer price index shows that uh, uh, if I take a look at uh, uh, for uh, October, uh, the producer price index uh, from September to October went down five, went down a half of 1%. And uh, the prediction and then the, uh, the results over the last 12 months for the producer price index uh, increased 1.3%. If I take a look at what happened the previous month, uh, the uh, increase in the uh, producer price index over the 12-month period was 2.2%. So the 2.2% dropped down to 1.3%. In October, and the month-to-month uh, PPI number in September was four tenths of one percent increase, and uh, or four tenths of a percent increase, and the number for October was five tenths of one percent decrease. So, a dramatic uh, change with regard to the call it the factory gate inflation. And I mentioned before that uh, I mentioned before that the uh, uh, import and export prices are going down. The import prices are the important ones as far as we're concerned. Uh, the uh, industrial production and, and capacity utilization report also shows that uh, the economy is slowing down, particularly in industrial production. Industrial production, the Federal Reserve uh, includes uh, manufacturing, mining, and uh, utilities. 
And what they're showing there is that industrial production declined six tenths of a percent in October uh, from September. And uh, uh, if you take a look and say, how did it compare to a year ago? Uh, it's down seven tenths of one percent from a year ago. And the, the, partially, part of that is the whole industrial, the manufacturing is slowing down. Uh, but part of that is also this uh, automotive strike that's been going on. And, uh, you know, they reached a, um, uh, they reached a, uh, a, a contract, and it's out right now, it's out for uh, approval or disapproval by the uh, different unions, different locals in the uh, UAW. So I haven't heard whether they, whether the uh, General Motors or Ford or or uh, uh, Chrysler, who's the Chrysler nowadays? Uh, I forget their name. But uh, what you're seeing is that uh, we'll see in the, I don't know maybe another month or two, maybe maybe shorter. We'll see whether the locals have approved the uh, the uh, UAW contract. Now, in in terms of durable goods, in terms of manufacturing, what you're seeing is durable manufacturing was down 1.3 percent uh, from September, and then down 1.6 percent from a year ago. If you take a look at the individual parts of it, computers and electronics. Uh, was up 1.9% from September to October. Electrical gear and appliances up 1.5%. Aerospace and transportation up 1%. Uh, Non-metallic mineral products up 9 tenths of a percent. Then you get into the non-durable goods in manufacturing, and uh, that decreased 1 tenth of a percent. Uh, from September, and it was down 1.8% from a year ago. And what you saw there was petroleum and coal products were up 2.2%. Paper was up 7 tenths of 1%. Uh, apparel was up 4 tenths of 1%. And food and beverages were up uh, 2 tenths of a percent. And in terms of the other parts of industrial production, mining and utilities, uh, mining was up uh, four tenths of a percent uh, in from uh, September to October, and also up two point two percent from a year earlier. Utilities were down one point six percent from September to October, and up two point nine percent, basically from a year ago. And one of the things that uh, Federal Reserve also does that they have different uh, Federal Reserve banks uh, around the country. Philadelphia is one of them, and they put out a manufacturing index, and that shows that the uh, index for manufacturing uh, uh, decreased 5.9% from September to October, or uh, I'm sorry, from October to November. And uh, it had increased, had decreased nine tenths of a percent the previous month. So the general business conditions index uh, outlook survey is a minus five point nine. It's uh, up 
from a minus 9 in October. The November reading is above the consensus of minus 11. And with the exception of August 2022 and August of uh, 2023, the index has reflected contraction in current business conditions since June of since June of, uh, of uh, 2022. So basically, what you're seeing is that the as the economy slows down. Uh, the uh, the call it the uh, supply chains are, are working faster. Uh, you're seeing the inflation come down. Originally, when this inflation started, uh, it boiled down to uh, uh, people were raising their prices because they couldn't get the supplies because the demand was there because the money was there from the uh, the uh, stimulus uh, due to the COVID situation, the federal government poured something like $7 trillion into the economy uh, to combat the uh, uh, to combat the uh, COVID. And also uh, the Federal Reserve threw another trillion dollars into it. So you were really looking at something like $8 trillion dollars of uh, stimulus being poured into the economy. It was basically akin to the house was burning down and uh, uh, the federal government and the Federal Reserve rushed in to save it. And well, they, 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 just as in a house fire, you pour as much water as you can on it and then, uh, then you clean up the mess later. And in the case of uh, uh, COVID, and our reaction to COVID, we threw as much money as we possibly could at it. And now we've got this mess uh, inflation that has to be cleaned up. And this is the operation we're in right now. So uh, to me, it's uh, it's an op- operation that will go through. Uh, they're taking a look more at the, the Philadelphia results. Uh, they indicate that the manufacturing activity in the region continues to decline overall, according to the firms responding to the November Manufacturing Business Outlook Survey. The survey indicator for general activity rose, but still remained negative. The indicator for shipments turned negative, while the indicator for new orders was positive, but low. Uh the employment index suggests steady employment uh, overall, and both price indices indicate overall increases in prices. The future indicators suggest that firms' expectations for growth over the next six months uh, uh, remain subdued. So, and, and what you see is that uh, they give. Uh, some indication of what they expect to see in the uh, uh, price increases, and uh, the uh, uh, the prices that uh, your firm did receive for its goods and services over the past year uh, was five uh, percent, and uh, previous to our August of 2023, it was five percent. So prices have. They're still going up, and they they uh, 
the, the expect prices for U.S. consumers will pay for goods and services over the next 10 years. Uh, their survey for manufacturing shows that they're thinking in the order of 3%. So that doesn't convert into a inflation number directly, but it, it will have it will have an impact on that. So uh, hey, the idea here is that the, the uh, inflation is coming down, uh, the production is coming down, uh, hopefully uh, we'll get to a point where uh, uh, we can do that, uh, that soft landing that we've talked about before. So this is Jim McAleese. Uh, you're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is Jim McAleese. It's easy to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of everyday life, but Thanksgiving is a reminder to us to appreciate the good things in our life. I'm reminded of a quote. If the only prayer that you ever say in your entire life is that thank you, it will be enough. Wherever we are, we are thankful and let's cherish it and be grateful for it. And uh, here's a story about a little blind boy. A blind boy sat on the steps of a building with his hat by his feet. He held up a sign that says, I am blind, please help. There was only a few coins in the hat. A man was walking by. He took a few coins from his pocket and dropped them into the hat. He then took the sign, turned it around, and wrote some words. And he put the sign back so that everyone who walked by could see the new words. Soon the hat began to fill up. A lot of people were giving money to the blind boy. That afternoon, the man who had changed the sign came to see how things were. The boy, the boy recognized his footsteps and asked, Were you the one who changed my sign in the morning? What did you write? The man said, I only wrote the truth. I said what you said, but in a very different way. The thing that I wrote was, Today is a beautiful day, but I cannot see it. Both signs tell people that the boy was blind. But the first sign simply said this the boy was blind. The second sign told people that they were so lucky that they weren't blind. Could you be surprised that the second sign was more effective? So be thankful for what you have. Be creative. Be innovative. Think differently and positively. When life gives you a hundred reasons to cry, don't like that you have a thousand reasons to smile. Face your past without regret and handle your present with confidence. Prepare for the future without fear. And the most beautiful thing is to see a person smiling. And until we meet again next week for more of Get Rich Slow, may God protect you and keep you safe. Listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. 
located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., the materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.